but also don't blindly go, oh my god, everyone's so smart. I had to listen to everything. It's like the happy medium is somewhere in between those two things where you know how to vet and verify while also knowing when to trust. Just having that system in place at least let you not get persuaded by literally everything out there because there's a lot of things out there. It's always going to be contradictions. Hi friends and welcome to the Aspiring CMO Podcast where every week it is my privilege to sit down with successful content creators, entrepreneurs and marketers to find out how they got where they are and what marketing strategies we can learn from them to grow our businesses, brands and most importantly ourselves. Today's guest is going to be Vincent Nguyen who started his journey at 19 as a marketing apprentice at Empire Flippers, which is now the biggest curated online business marketplace and worked up until he became a marketing director. Now he is the agency owner of Growth Ninja and he is solely focusing on Facebook ads and AI tools. I was able to build this because I don't have any programming knowledge. Like I'm not a programmer. I don't know how to code. We talked about how he quit college without telling his parents, how luck can lead to success, how you can weaponize your weaknesses into your strength. My philosophy has always been, okay, well, I'm not gonna just throw my hands up and say, well, it's all luck. So I'm just gonna sit at home and do nothing. What can you do to increase the odds of you winning this hand? And so when I applied for Empire Flippers, I was like 18, 19. And so I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna get hired. That doesn't mean I'm not going to apply, but I'm going to do as much as I can to increase my odds. Vincent is also a very funny and down-to-earth marketer. And if you ever need any advice on how to trust your gut, he's the man to go. So I hope you enjoy this episode just as much as I did. And don't forget to leave a review. Let's get started. My name is Vincent Wynn. And like you said, I used to work for Empire Flippers close to a decade ago. So it looks great on my LinkedIn and if I ever need a resume, my resume to say that I was their marketing director because when I worked for them, it was just me, Justin, Joe, a few Filipino employees, and then myself um, living at Justin's house. <laughs> so <laughs> <You did? laughs> yeah, I used to live in his home for the first, I think six months or so for the uh, first half of my employment there and then now they have like what 100 employees or something crazy like that and Inc. 500 company it's kind of insane to see what they've been able to do yeah a lot of things have changed in a decade and as we know in vincent years that's like 100 years <laughs> maybe even more yeah uh what was the how old were you when you started with them though 19 years old when i found out about the job position and then you know, I applied and uh, moved out to work over there shortly afterwards, just a few months later, actually. Wow. Uh, what was the job description and from where did you move to where? Yeah. So the official job title was like marketing apprentice. And so I went from, you know, just having moved from California to Arizona to start college. And that was really just to you know, pass the time because I didn't know what I wanted to do in the future. I just knew that college is what everyone did. So I did community college to save money while I figured that out. And I basically saw this job listing about a marketing apprentice. And it said, you know, travel the world and all this stuff. That sounded very sketchy. Back then, that's not, you know, now it's very normal with work from home and remote culture. But back then, I didn't know anybody doing that. I didn't even know that concept existed. So I, I thought I was about to get you know, murdered or robbed or yeah. traded into like some sort of weird deal or something. But I did a lot of research on the guys and 
turned out to be legit. So right. I went out there and then I moved to, um, basically I dropped out of college without telling my family. Then I moved to the Philippines to work with Justin and Joe. And for the first six months, I was their apprentice, just kind of learning everything there was to learn. And then after that, I became the marketing director. And then um, I sit there for another six months before opening my own company, Growth Ninja. And did you ever question yourself of whether you're in the right place? I don't think so. I remember distinctly the feeling of like, I knew with every ounce that this was where everything changes. And this was one of the most obvious ones. Like it was just super clear in that moment and throughout the process and throughout the time I was there that like my life is forever changed. And fortunately, um, looking back, that was completely correct. I mean, I was learning so much. And at the time I didn't realize how, how high level um, Justin and Joe were. I knew they were smart, obviously, but even in retrospect, after almost a decade of being in this world, they're still some of the smartest people I know on a personal and professional level. And a lot of the things that they would just talk about casually amongst each other and with me, I just kind of assumed this is how things were. But like, I wouldn't be anywhere close to where I am today if I worked for anyone else, because a lot of the stuff I internalized was just from them talking. Like imagine you had access to whoever you thought was some of the smartest people on earth and you got to just sit down and listen to them talk that's going to level up your game quite a bit it's going to influence your decisions it's going to influence how you look at money it's going to influence how you decide how to market yourself your business and i had a whole year of that i had a year of unfiltered opinions and got to dissect a lot of how they viewed the world and that really influenced how i view the world back then and today i mean there's nobody else i could say impacted me more in my life than those two guys that's, that's incredible. Uh, I recently also hang out, hung out with Justin and I just really look up to him too. Um, mm. And how kind he is and how just outgoing he is regardless yeah. of who you yeah, are. A good role models personally too. Isn't that great? Yeah. Like, like Justin is such a good reminder. Like, don't take yourself too seriously. Yes. Do well for others. Be nice. Be interested in people. Like, he's just a magnetic person that you want to emulate professionally and personally. It's really cool to see. Yes, yes. Uh, I can't wait to have him on my podcast too. So just so that he can talk about you. He's going to be like, See? oh my God, I have uh, the story of the worst hire ever. Oh no. Some kid from America is <laughs> walking in there thinking he knows everything. <laughs> yeah. Continue from apprenticeship to becoming a director for Empire Flippers because I assume that would be a big gap. Back then, no, you got to understand no. that this company was super small back then, right? So it was me, Justin, Joe, a handful of the Filipino staff doing support. And then Mike Frankovich, who I believe is still with the company now, was the next hire after me. And so it was more of a, um, what do you call it? A, a make Vincent feel good kind of thing. It wasn't like, all right, Vince, now you're ready to tackle on these mega things. Because I was still doing a lot of the things I was doing except now it sounded a bit fancier. You know what I mean? Okay, so what were the things that you were doing? Like if uh, a, somebody learning in university, like a digital marketing major student would come to you like, hey, Vincent, what does a marketing director do in an online company? Yeah, this was like eight years ago and I already have notoriously bad memories. So from what I remember is obviously Facebook ads was one of them. 
remember there's a lot of blog article writing, writing emails and stuff, outreach. Yeah, just a lot of like miscellaneous things that you would expect from a smaller company that doesn't have a lot of uh, people to delegate to. Now, obviously, if I needed a VA, I could have, but there was just a lot of stuff that I just did hands on myself, um, mm -hmm. stuff, uh, other stuff too, like podcasts, uh, uploading and stuff like that. Just random, random things that popped up. So in the past two years, I've been doing the same kind of like random stuff. And now I know how to upload podcasts and edit podcasts mm -hmm. because of this project. But I still don't know what is my uh, specialty. But I know that your specialty is Facebook ads. And uh, how did you, well, why Facebook ads and why not other things? Google, ad, Google ads or, I don't know, social media or podcasts? Yeah, I think it was all just by chance, to be honest, because when I was thinking about leaving the company, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had like a few ideas, none of them very good. And I remember I went to dinner with a few entrepreneurs and I was just like, yeah, what do you guys think of these ideas? And I'm just like, not excited about it. No one else was really excited about them. And one of them was like, why don't you do Facebook ads? You're already doing it for Empire Flippers. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that could work. Like literally, I didn't think it through at all. I didn't like do a pros and cons list or any sort of analysis. I'm just like, yeah, it's better than anything I got. So I just went home and kind of just did it. And a lot of it was just like fortunate luck that I had met so many amazing smart people throughout my journey that I was able to like bring on clients almost right away. I brought on Empire Flippers as one of my first clients as well and just kind of went from there. Like it just sort of was built off of the back of a year's uh, work. And so I just kind of went from there and kept going. And eventually it was like just referrals sustaining the company. And I never really had to do any sort of cold outbound or outreach. How's Growth Ninja right now? So it's good. We are now eight years old and uh, it's always been like a solo thing. I've hired a, a couple people throughout the several years I've been running it, but I've always realized, wait, this is like not necessary. It doesn't take up much time at all. And so it's just always gone back to the solo thing. And uh, that's kind of just where I've always wanted it ever since. Once I realized just how kind of streamlined everything is, you know what I mean? Like people like to overcomplicate Facebook ads, unfortunately for, or fortunately for most um, people, they should know that it's actually not that much work. So if you're constantly being told by an agency that, oh my gosh, this is like so much work and I have the bandwidth, it's probably more because they're just busy doing sales and marketing trying to grow their own company and they're probably kind of letting things slide um okay. facebook is not that crazy as far as man hours go per account so i see and when it comes to the creatives for that campaigns is it you that you do it or is it the client it's a mix of both and so for example one of my clients right now they also run facebook ads simultaneously with me which is nice because then we get to work off of each other and see oh cool that copy angle works that funnel works that creative works so like this morning i just set up some variations based off of a um a concept they're running and so sometimes i'll use the same image sometimes i'll spin it off to my own concept sometimes i'll test it against my own stuff it's just kind of various. And nowadays with like things like Midjourney and AI tools, it's like a million times easier to come up with creatives that are both more out there in terms of like, oh, look, here's a cute cartoon that we created or like a photorealistic image. That way you don't have to wait for them to create stock images or like hire mm -hmm. a, 
a whole photo shoot thing. Now you could just have Midjourney do a prompt that says photorealistic, you know, woman with blonde hair sipping on her coffee while texting. Like you can do whatever you want. So it, the job of a Facebook advertiser has only become easier. So again, if someone's telling you they don't have time, they're probably doing something else. Uh, since when have you been like uh, trying out AI tools for your campaigns? Probably since just late or mid-March, so very recent, just the last couple of months, um, just like I think most of us, right, when ChatGPT4 came out, um, that's when it really kind of got popular. I was messing around with 3.5, but it was kind of like what everyone else was doing, asking it silly questions and like having it do basic writing and proofreading, but now I use it for stuff like building proprietary tools, creating things for clients, and putting together digital magazines and all kinds of random stuff. So basically anything I could conceptualize and put it down into words, I'll have ChatGPT do it for me or help me along the process. Okay. And what tools did you build recently? Because I know you you spent a fair chunk of time with ChatGPT when we visited you. Yeah, the one that I'm most proud of is the Facebook ads tool because with Facebook ads, it's very annoying to go through like the brainstorming process of audience targeting because you can't just type in it whatever you want it's got to be targetable via facebook ads back end too so there's a couple of ways you could do that you could open the ads manager and let's say you want to sell um i don't know something for network engineers let's say you sell a digital course for network engineers you might go in there and type the word network engineer and realize oh this doesn't pop up except network engineer is a job title but i want people who are interested in who into getting into network engineering so you don't have any luck there now you're gonna have to sit there and think of like tools and stuff like that and then you might use a third-party tool that costs a hundred dollars and you type in network engineering and oh no results this is a real example and i know this because i was showing my dad this yesterday and i used network okay. engineering trying to speak his language and i called it i'm like okay i bet you if i type network engineering facebook's gonna give me no results this third-party tool that costs a hundred dollars supposedly best on the market will show no results surprise surprise no results and then i punch into my tool and i have like 80 results for network engineering and what it did was it showed me things that were similar to network engineering like different phrases that you might use for network engineering it gave me softwares that a network engineer might use and a gazillion different things and i'm basically able to put in competitors i'm able to put in anything like network engineering i'm able to put in website urls now and actually have it tell me relevant interests. And I could confidently say that literally my tool is the only tool in the world that's able to do all of this. Um, and I'm keeping it as a proprietary tool. But if anyone emails me and says, Vince, could you run these things through it? I'll be happy to export the results for you. And I was able to build this because I don't have any programming knowledge. Like I'm not a programmer. I don't know how to code. But I basically said, this is the idea I have. How do I make it a reality? And then, you know, the first several ver uh, variations of it were very minimal and it worked just like these third party tools where it just relied solely on the Facebook ads API to do it. But then I had some other ideas to expand on relevancy and things like that, that I was able to integrate into it. Then now I have this really crazy cool tool that I'm able to use and use as um, basically marketing material for my own company or just do it as a favor for friends and who might need help with the audience targeting side. I'll say, hey, just give me your industry, name some competitors, give me some URLs and I'll spit out like a hundred results for you. I'll even filter, I actually implemented in the last few days, 
a way to filter out certain categories that are less relevant. So now I'll have like just the most relevant results and I'll export it into like a PDF or a CSV for them and send it their way. Like, do you use this tool already for your existing campaigns? Yep. Yep. I use it almost exclusively now because it doesn't even make sense to go to the old routes now to do audience targeting. That's crazy. Um, yeah. If you were to price this product, how much would it be though? Oh, I have no idea. The one tool that keeps getting recommended does $100 a lifetime. But if I did that low, it wouldn't have been worth the time trying to productize and market it. So I actually have no clue. It would definitely be like a monthly or annual subscription thing for at least several hundred dollars per month at a minimum. But honestly, I think my idea is just kind of keep it proprietary and use it as marketing material for my own company. Okay. Yeah. That's a great selling point too. Um, yeah. But you did mention that you might want to build up like a referral program for this tool. No? Yeah. Yeah. So the idea is I could probably make like a video walkthrough or some sort of document that explains everything the tool does and then just give it to certain referral partners and say, yeah, just go out to people, you know, and, and don't even try to pitch them. Just say, hey, I know you're running Facebook ads. Uh, my buddy has this cool tool. He's letting people run queries th through for free. If you want, I could just send some over or I could make it even more proactive. Be like, hey, um, John, uh, who are some top people, you know, across any industry? I can just do the research, punch in their URL and be like, oh, hey, here's the list of results. You can send them if you want. And then be like, oh, hey, if you want something a bit more expanded, just respond with a few more keywords or talk to Vince, get on the phone with them and he'll just run through these things with you live on the phone. Actually, that's not a bad idea. I should write that down. That's kind of the idea, you know, it's, it makes sense to me, so. Oh, and another cool thing I built was, um, this is what I'm using a lot. And I actually set up my dad and his boss with this and my stepmom and her boss wants access to instead of opening chat GPT or using the many apps and typing into it and then getting the response back. I use chat GPT to build a bot that I could either send text or audio to, and it will respond to me with text and audio. So I can either listen to the answer from chat GPT or read it. And I'm using the OpenAI Whisper API, which basically is a very, very accurate uh, speech to text transcription. I'm talking like faster than this. Like I've shown people this, and I'll, I'll show with an example. I'll be like, all right, look how fast I'm talking. I'm not slowing it down, I'm overly enunciating. I'm actually gonna go faster just to prove it. And then it transcribes it exactly as I say with perfect grammar. It'll actually like put Punctuation. The, the punctuation, thank you. The punctuation <laughs> exactly where it needs to be. Send it to ChatGPT. So it basically, I'm sending the audio message. It transcribes it, takes that as what I typed, and then it will respond as text and convert that using the Google text-to-speech to give me the audio that I could play whenever I want or just read it. So I use it on, um, I use it on my phone and I could just whip it out on my desktop if I want or my phone and I'll have memory between all of it to remember the conversation. So my dad uses it for work and for random stuff. You literally just come up with the idea. You ask ChatGPT and what I always do is I start with the most basic implementation and then I ask it for ideas on how it could improve it. And I don't always use its suggestions, but I'll get my brain going and then I'll come up with some of my own ideas and I'll ask it how to implement it. And like that just becomes the iterative process. So it's really cool. Okay. That's, this is very, very cool. Wow. I can't wait to see these tools too. I honestly don't really quite get all these tools and how they work, 
but I, mean, I don't know how they work either. Time. I just, <laughs> I don't know how they work. I just know that they do exactly what I asked it to do. All right. And I do have a question. Um, if you were to be 19 again, would you change anything? Oh, no, definitely not. If I got mm -hmm. transported back in time with my memories, I would actually be terrified because like the butterfly effect, I'd be like, I got to do everything exactly like how I did it before because I don't want anything to change. Oh, I like, love I don't, that. I wouldn't even want to like fix any mistakes because I'd be like, what if that mistake is what led to the next thing that led to this thing? So I'd be like, all right, how did I mess up that time? All right, I got to mess up again and like do it the exact same way. Awesome. So what would gotta, be your number one advice for people starting out and uh, still clueless what they want to do? Oh man, that's a good question. I'll be honest. Like people give me way too much credit. Like you gave me too much credit before we started no. recording, talking about how smart I am. Like I'm not that smart. It's a lot of luck for me. I, it was a lot of like serendipity and people coming through. A lot of these things you could have the most talent in the world. You could be the best singer on earth, but if you don't get discovered and whatever, you're not going to become Ed Sheeran and like Taylor Swift and all these people. Like there's a lot of tremendous singers out there you'll never hear about, unfortunately, who are better than your favorite artists, but it takes a lot of things. And for me, that was Empire Flippers. Like Empire Flippers was like the studio that discovered my talent or whatever, right? It doesn't matter if you don't do the hard work as well. Like obviously, with it being a life being like such a game of chance, my philosophy has always been, okay, well, I'm not going to just throw my hands up and say, well, it's all luck. So I'm just going to sit at home and do nothing. Like that's equally as stupid as like something else that you could have done. Like perspective is like, okay, well, it's a game of chance. What can you do to increase the odds of you winning this hand? And so when I applied for Empire Flippers, I was like 18, 19. And so I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get hired. That doesn't mean I'm not going to apply, but I'm going to do as much as I can to increase my odds. It was, I recorded a five minute video and I started it and ended it by reaching out to a bunch of famous people, none of who I knew except for like two. And I asked them to record a video for me, not vouching for me, just saying, oh, look, Vince has the balls to reach out to me and ask for this video. Like, I don't even know this kid, but like, look at the balls on this guy. I basically had them all record this video saying Vince reached out, connected, yada, yada, yada. I got a very high reply rate. Like the email was quite long. And I said, look, you don't know me. I'm this teenage kid trying to get this job. It'll literally change my life. If you could just record a video and here's a general idea of what you could say, don't vouch for me because you don't know me. And then I stitched it all together in the beginning to open up the video, talked about myself for a few minutes. And I said, all right, I got some more um, videos to show you. And like that really got their attention. And that was kind of like a thing back then that people were talking about. You changed so much though on the video, so I couldn't really recognize, oh, it's the same Vincent. Oh yeah, that was before Invisalign, so my teeth were all over the place. <laughs> Looking back, I'm always like, whenever I see that video, I'm like, I always want to look back for nostalgia, but then I'm like, oh no, those teeth. <laughs> no, it's really cute. And uh, now video uh, interviews and uh, video submissions are so, so common now on online jobs, I've seen. Oh, it was yeah. a requirement, by the way, so... Justin and Joe did have that as a requirement, just some sort of video to show uh, who you are. But, you know, I was a 19 year old kid. What the heck did I have to talk about for five minutes? So it was also <laughs> a nice cheat to like only had a talk for like three or four minutes while the rest was filled up by stuff. So that is very extremely creative, though. Like a lot of people would 
just do what they are told, but you took like a creative turn to it, which is brought, set you apart and deserve the credit. <laughs> yeah, I think my laziness comes in handy. Like there is are a lot of lazy, lazy people. In the... Well, it is because the reasoning, like I use it as an advantage. Like a lot of people who are lazy might just not do the thing. Like I'll still do the thing, but I'll find ways to like, like the optics of it will come off as better than if I just did it normally because my laziness made me not have to do it the original way if that makes any sense at all like very rarely will i follow the instructions as is because i can't focus for that long so i asked myself how could i stay focused and interested in it it's like okay well interested in a way for myself is like to do this thing that's more interesting than spending all this time making a video and like coming with the perfect thing to say and having all of these different takes it's like oh well this is gonna up my odds and be fun and have great optics so like i have weaponized my adhd and laziness and it ends up coming across as smarter than it actually is it's really just me not wanting to do the thing in the first <laughs> i place. love that i'm gonna quote this i love it what was yeah. it called again i already forgot because <laughs> i'm so <laughs> okay i just you know, I said it weaponized and i had to be careful with what i say next because i didn't want to no, it was perfect because in my circle, uh, when it comes to like AD, uh, ADHD and like not being focused, it's like such a negative thing. Like a lot of my friends um, have attention deficit disorder uh, or they're just very hyperactive and they're like, oh no, this is so bad for me. I need to do, I need to cope this way and that way. Uh, but when you say like you weaponize this and you took this to your advantage, just kind of gives like a, a, a better outlook or hmm. how to say like a benefit to something you never thought it could could be could have a yeah because it's there anyway it's gonna be a part of you you gotta resist it or just go ah eh, well like i joke about it all the time like there's so many inside jokes with my friends about like my uh like my two month rule basically where i get really into a hobby or a thing and i'll deep dive and i'll read all the books to talk to all the experts and it's all i want to talk about and then the next day it's like I don't care. Like my garage is filled with two month rules. I'm aware of this quote unquote deficiency. So I'll use it to my advantage for things that I know are very important. Like for me right now, I think AI is very important. So I'll use all that time in the two months period to learn as much as I can and build all of the things. That way I set up future Vince who is inevitably bored of this stuff for success because now I already have the tool built. I already have the the knowledge base in my head about how certain things work. So I'm able to implement it instead of like deep diving. So now I don't deep dive anymore. Like I got all of the, the deep diving, read all the news about AI developments out of the way. Cause now when new things come out, I'm like, okay, I'll read it on that when it's important enough for me to have learned about it elsewhere. Cause if it's big enough, you, you'll hear about it from your friends, right? So now I don't like need to be the one reading all the newsletters and keeping up with all the stuff and going, oh my God, you guys, look at all this stuff that just happened. It's like, I don't care. I already got that phase out. Now I'm focusing on like the, the rawls, raw materials that I'm really interested in. So instead of letting it weigh you down and going, oh, well, two months is like, well, two months, I know that I have two months to be really interested and learn. So let's use that time. And mm -hmm. then just kind of let my mind do its thing from there, you know, instead of fighting it, which I did for a very, very long time. I see. And uh, what would be your advice then if somebody who is just starting out, they have, they need to catch up with learning, but at the same mm -hmm. time, catch up with doing, like, how do you balance that? Like deep diving into 
one topic versus like trying to diversify your skills. Yeah, those two things. That's like, a good, very good question, actually. Fortunately, I don't struggle with shiny object syndrome like most people do, or at least I feel like most people do. So my problem is I very rarely want to do something. So I use that to my advantage as well. When I'm doing like all this research and stuff, and I get that urge of like, oh, I should do that, I'll write it down. And if I find that I keep kicking it down the road, then that means that it's probably not that important. So I'll eventually remove it off the to-do list. But the stuff that I'm really excited about and want to take action on and see the value in, I, if I was that excited about it and I saw the potential, then odds are I would have already done it and put away everything else. Like the Facebook ads, well, you and Madge are downstairs from me when I did that. And when I had the idea, I'm like, holy crap, I didn't just write it down to do. It didn't even go into my to-do list. I just went into it and did it. You know. Meanwhile, my to-do list is filled with a graveyard of things of, oh yeah, I probably should do that. But realistically, it's not that important because I had to write that down and keep on procrastinating for a reason. And there was no urgency to it really. So I don't know if that will help some people because I know some people struggle with like, they want to do all the things, but like you could even do, um, like I saw this chat GPT prompt recently. It was an ADHD coach. Basically, um, I can look up the exact prompt, but you basically copy and paste it your to-do list and it will choose for you what you should focus on and explain why. Like really now in the age of like chat GPT, there is no excuse for any of this stuff. If you don't know how to do something, like already there wasn't an excuse really because Google, but like even now you could literally just ask for the answers to things and, you know, don't ask it for medical advice and stuff like that. Cause you know, it, it, it could be overly confident, but as far as brainstorming goes and getting the wheel um, rolling and spinning, whatever, like there's just so many ways to get yourself off the couch. So if you don't know how to prioritize, you don't need ChatGPT to give you a perfect rationalization on what is the most important. Just gamify it like force yourself to choose from the five things. If it truly doesn't matter, then just do any of them. Cause if it did matter, then you probably would have prioritized anyway. Right. And it's mm -hmm. like the same logic behind the whole coin flip thing, where if you're stuck between two decisions, flip the coin, because you'll know what you really want it while it's in the air and whatever, right? Like if you really want it while it, while it was on heads and it land on tails, you go shoot, shoot. Sorry. I keep forgetting if I'm allowed to, am I allowed to cut? It's okay. Yeah, of course. Okay. My podcast. Yeah. Okay, so good, because it's hard for me not to sometimes. Um, like if it lands on tails, you're like, shit, I really wanted heads. You'll probably just go with heads because you realize, well, I really wanted heads. I just didn't realize that. So like, that's the same idea. You give it two, three, four, five decisions, and then it'll land on five. You might realize you don't even want any of the five. Maybe you wanted to eat Chinese food instead of Thai or whatever it chose for mm -hmm. you. So mm -hmm. like you could find creative ways that work for you. And you could have these long dialogues with ChatGPT and say, here are the patterns of how I make these decisions. Help me figure out this, this workflow. And it might be the whole six decisions and pick one thing for me thing. And then that could be like the, the, the game that you create for yourself every time you're in this rut. So just kind of create these different processes that work for you and kind of ignore what everybody else is doing. Like don't get into the hype of people saying these are the best tools and this is my process. Like who gives a shit? Like odds are very low that their exact workflow is going to work for you because it's like so geared towards how they do things and odds are good that my workflow won't work for you because my workflow might not even work for me a month from now but it's working for me right now it's got my attention right now so just kind of go with how your body responds and how you're feeling emotionally and if you don't know how you feel about those things then this is not even a joke answer 
talk to a therapist. They're very good at getting you in touch with your, how you, you feel emotionally and physically. That way you could be like, okay, I'm feeling discouraged and uninterested when these things come up for me. And then you could start honing in on what actually makes sense for you, you know? Yeah. Uh, yes. I love when you uh, summarize it this deep because I myself also struggle with balancing, okay, what is the most important thing right now? And when you said like, oh, who gives a shit about what pe- other people do? Because my Facebook right now is flooded with all these SEO tips. This oh, is my newest so tool. Oh my God, yeah. this is not going to work. Google just came up with a new update. And you just I just needed this break, you know, like yeah. this podcast is so good to just give me a break from social media because it is this is just terrible to look at sometimes <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. like and you don't have the much that much time to try out everything no right it's impossible it is it's literally impossible and it's also inefficient too like it just doesn't make any sense you get way more out of like having conversations with people you respect and trust because back when i lived in the val oh man the, the caliber of people in and out of that town when justin and joe were there and those guys themselves you can't get any of these ideas from just reading random social media posts because you understand there's so much bullcrap out there there's so much hype there's so much like incentives for people to just spin up stuff to try to get you to believe that this is factual that you're probably gonna get led down some pretty c-tier paths while you're just having a conversation it's very quick and easy to like dissect and like basically figure out if someone's full of shit or not. So like mm-hmm. right now with AI, I would say most people shouldn't even bother with like AI Twitter and, and newsletters anymore because the quote unquote golden age of that was very short and brief because ChatGPT coming out was basically, it was the game changer. And now you open AI Twitter, which used to be good. And there are a gazillion people saying, if all you're using is ChatGPT, then you are obsolete. Here are 10 AI tools that blow it out of the water. And every freaking time you open it, it's like the most garbage useless tools. And they all do silly things like, this one removes backgrounds from your image. Have you heard of remove.bg? That thing's been around since like 2015, man. <laughs> this tool is like revolutionizes your, well, and then you use it and it's like, this thing is like kindergarten level compared to ChatGPT. Like their incentives to stay relevant. And of course, a quick and easy way to get a million impressions, and I know that because it tells you the impressions that it gets, is to make these silly things where everyone goes in the comments, oh my gosh, I've never heard of number seven and five. Thank you so much. Can't wait to check it out. Well, then they check it out and they probably are just as confused as I am. Like now expand that to SEO and all these other things of like, look at all these things you're missing out. This culture of fear of missing out is so nonsensical. It's like, who gives a shit like who fucking gives a shit the like the good stuff floats to the top inevitably you will hear about it and if you're worried about being on the cutting edge then you're probably not gonna find it by seeing all these rehashed articles anyway these roundup articles look at what people are doing like you don't get to the cutting edge by reading that stuff you get alpha from talking to people who are actually super sharp and getting this information from other really sharp people who are probably playing it close to the chest. Like, I'm not gonna advertise how to build this Facebook ad tool that I built and exactly explain how to do it because that's stupid. I don't care how many impressions that gets me and what minimal amount of monetization I might get from selling it. 
it pales in comparison to the ROI I might getting it might get from it by keeping it close to the chest. Same with all these other things. If you expand to SEO tips and stuff like that, why would you want to blow up your own strategy? Like it doesn't make sense to be an influencer because that influencer should be making way more money actually doing this thing. You know what right. I mean? Right. So, okay. I don't know. I mean, some people think that uh, by sharing all these stuff in their head, they are living in an abundance mindset rather than a scarcity mindset. But like, do but you the abundance see mindset that- from sharing that with people in real life and in conversations versus mm-hmm. a social media feed? Because the thing is, I would get that philosophy if if you had a small following uh, that was vetted and filtered and small. But if you're like dealing with hundreds and thousands of comments, there's just too much garbage. Okay. Like, I'm sorry, but one of the yep. things that I learned from Justin and Joe is that there are a lot of dumb people out there. Like they weren't very shy about pointing out like, oh, okay, don't listen to, to this, this and that. And like, if you have a very filtered network, then absolutely. I have a very abundant mindset when it comes to sharing with people I know and trust. But for blasting out to public, like there's just too much idiots out there. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. There just are. And like, I think I'm a freaking big idiot. If I think someone's an idiot, then oh my goodness, you must be really freaking dumb. So like, <laughs> why would you want to listen to all these people who just found out about this, uh, this SEO thing? Because all these beginners also position themselves as experts too. There are a lot of people that I've like, for example, there have been a handful of women I've dated who they were not at all in internet marketing. They were in all kinds of industries. And then when they catch up with me later, I'm like, oh, what have you been up to? They're like, oh yeah, I got into like SEO or whatever. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then, you know, I change the subject because I don't really care to talk about SEO with someone I used to date. And then I'll look at like what they talk about on social media. And I know for a fact, they don't have any experience and they're talking as if they've spent 20,000 hours doing this thing and talking very absolutely. Like if you're doing this, 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 and that, you're doing SEO wrong. It's like, you just told me last week over dinner that you just learned this thing two weeks ago. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But yeah. it sounds so authoritative. It sounds so confident. It's like, okay, now amplify that across a gazillion people doing this stuff. You don't know where the noise is. And if you're a beginner looking at roundups and stuff like that, good luck uh, like with the fact that that may or may not be a crapshoot. Like, unfortunately, I don't have very good advice on how do you surround yourself with the right people. All I know is try to develop a very good gut instinct and be skeptical. Because I'm naturally a very skeptical person. And this comes in handy because when people are bullshitting, Immediately, I'm just like, ever just full of shit. But I'm gonna <laughs> entertain this anyway because it's fun. Okay. But okay. when someone's like wicked sharp, you just kind of know. Like, uh, my good friend Davis, you you know Davis. He, like when I first met him in person, I was like, holy crap! Like, there's something about this guy who who's so humble. But when he talks, you know that this guy might be the sharpest person in any room he walks in, and he yes. won't ever accept that. He'll never admit it. He'll compliment you instead. I'll be like, Davis, you don't understand. No, no, no. You are <laughs> the sharpest person in this room right now. Guaranteed. But get a sense for like, if someone is too boastful, too quick to, to like sell themselves, be skeptical of it. Like just immediately go, okay, maybe they're right, but maybe I should slow down and listen to the content, what they're telling me. And then think about, okay, what did this, what does this person have to back it up? If they're giving me all these SEL tips, 
where did this come from? Where did this knowledge come from? Do they actually run a successful SEO agency? Do I know that for sure? If a lot of my friends suggest this person as an SEO guy or girl, do I know that they've actually worked with this person? Newsflash, there are a lot of people in our own networks that will suggest people based off of just his reputation that they've heard. That's why I tell you, don't refer to me as the best Facebook ads person you know. You don't know that for a fact because you don't know a lot of people who work with me. A lot of people I work with are actually outside of our immediate network. So I get uneasy when people that we know recommend me and say things like, oh, work with Vince, he's really good. It's like, no, don't say that. Just say Vince does Facebook ads and then let us have a conversation and see if there's a fit or not. But we are all very quick to recommend people. And people will say, oh, look for referrals that was referred by someone you know. I'm skeptical of referrals of people that I know, unless I know that their stamp of approval is very vetted. Like when people ask me for recommendations, I don't vet or I don't recommend anybody unless I vetted their work and have worked with them personally. Like, would I recommend Davis for what he does for his niche? I wouldn't because I've never worked with him in that capacity. But I will say that to this person is, okay, I've never worked with Davis before, but all I know is he does what you're looking for. And I like him as a person. Like, I can't say he's the best in his class at this, this, and that. I don't know that. And I always have like a giant dis verbal disclaimer when I give a recommendation because I take my seal of approval very seriously because I know how willy-nilly people uh, throw it out. I've heard over the last um, eight years, go talk to Vince, he really knows his stuff. And immediately I'm just like, how the hell do you know? I've never worked with you before. <laughs> Thank you for your trust, but oh, you shouldn't have said that. Cause now I, I feel it. like I have to give this person this disclaimer, like, oh, hey, just a heads up, like lower your expectations. I mean, I don't yeah, right. Like, so what, what you're saying is that first of all, like stay humble and curious and don't be so quick to judge others, right? If that's better to come, I, would, I would actually say be quicker to judge others is what I would say. Really? Don't be so quick to trust others. Oh, like, trust others, okay. Trust but verify, I think is what they say. Um, so like, you don't have to be cynical and like, like I don't walk around distrusting everybody. Like, that's not how I go, oh, everyone's full of shit. Like, that's not how I view things. I What I do is like, okay, well, I listen, but I don't immediately take things as fact. And if something sets off like BS detector, then I might listen in more keenly and figure out why my gut's telling me that. So there's no extremes one way or the other. Don't always walk around distrusting everyone and assume everyone's lying. Like that's a sad way to live. I don't do that. <laughs> but also don't blindly go, oh my God, everyone's so smart. I had to listen to everything. It's like the happy medium is somewhere in between those two things where you know how to vet and verify while also knowing when to trust. And will you always reach an abs absolute objective truth? No, you, you do the best you can, but just having that system in place, that, more, that uh, mental um, filter will at least let you not get persuaded by literally everything out there. Because there's a lot of things out there it's always going to be contradictions. It's always going to be like, wait, no, you know, here's this shocking thing, 10 shocking things you wouldn't believe. And then you read another one that contradicts that one. It's like, okay, you know, there's no absolute truth between those two things because they contradict each other. So what's the deal with that? But what yeah. if you read article A and you completely miss article B, you just didn't see it. You would take article A as absolute truth, right? If that's all you had to work with. So it's like, all right, well, 
what do I know or believe to be true? I'll just sort of update my knowledge base with this and see if it's compatible, see if it's better, see if it's a better upgraded version. And if not, then whatever, no big deal. And also like with the whole um, shiny object syndrome thing is like, even if you know something now, something new, you don't have to implement it. Like if you just found out about this new hot tool that's gonna revolutionize your to-do list, like who cares <laughs> if your current to-do list works, why do you need to revolutionize your to-do list? Like it yeah. really doesn't matter. It's a freaking to-do list for God's sakes. Like exactly. right now there's probably better tools than Todoist and I don't even like Todoist that much, but like it works for me. And mm-hmm. I've been doing it for so long that it doesn't really, there's no sh- clear upside to switching to another to-do list. So I'm going to hang on to this until I feel like there's significant upside. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I think this podcast show also turned into like how to up-level your critical thinking because uh, with with social media and how fast information just flows through on the internet, like it's really easy to to kind of follow the crowd yeah. and then yeah just follow the wrong people or which is kind of put others opinions before your own thinking yeah you should do yes. like you should do a game show with top seo experts where you interview them and you so you cite an expert tip that you read somewhere and it could be from either those two or from somewhere else and both people buzz in to call bullshit or fact and they expand on it it's like Oh, you know, it turns out that blah, blah, blah is dead. <clears throat> Bullshit. I actually have relevant knowledge on this. I have five clients right now crushing this. We just implement oh, That'd be kind of fun. That, that would be fun. I, you're just giving me so many uh, in ideas how to make this podcast better. <laughs> yeah. who's, who's your first episode guest, by the way? Who's the uh, It was Nicole. Nicole from the conference I went to from your house. Uh, she was uh, incredible. Yeah, she became she became a millionaire in just thirteen months, uh, and she was building a Facebook group organically all by herself. Awesome. Yeah, the, her. she's she's really down to earth too, which is, you know, um, really rare when when you got, get that much success so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out so, to Nicole, nice job. Shout out to Nicole. She is uh, she's pretty incredible. Yeah, she has like a whole fan base. All all the women love her so much. She talks about how to build a fan base as well. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Wish I had a fan base. Well, you would now. I mean, so um, anything you would like to say to the audience before we leave? How do they find you? Do they? Do you want people to find you? Uh, sure. I guess growthninja.com. But I guess all I have to say is, uh, I don't know. Don't take yourself too seriously. I spent a lot of time doing that myself. Justin, my old boss, had to remind me a lot of times not to be so uptight. And I still got to work on that sometimes. But just kind of enjoy what you're doing if you can. Like... Even if you're still trying to figure stuff out, just kind of enjoy the process because I remember how fun the learning process is for like Facebook ads and internet marketing in general. Like for me, that's always the most fun part of like, oh, I don't know anything. Every day I wake up, I'm going to learn a ton of stuff. Like use that excitement energy to get to the highest possible level you can based off that sheer velocity alone. And then when it becomes kind of a grind, you're at least way up here thanks to the velocity you built because you will get bored of something eventually. Like that's just how it goes. Yeah. So if you're starting out, use that initial, I don't know anything to just read all of the things with a critical eye and build your kind of knowledge base of like, what do I know to be true and be willing to change it and update it, but don't change it on a whim just because you read one sentence and someone said it super confidently. Like 
people say things confidently all the time doesn't mean it's true so and plus yeah. most of the stuff you read now is probably ai written anyway and the ai written stuff is notoriously uh overly confident sounding so yeah be even more yeah. skeptical these days i love that okay well thank you so much vincent for spending time for this podcast i'm always very fucking thankful for my guests because i know time is the most valuable asset we have so and you spend time on me you bet thanks for having yeah. me thanks bye